Whether you're pre-trib or pre-rath, it's important to dispose of the pretense that expensive insurance is something that you're stuck with. Most people don't shop around for better insurance rates until years after they get their policies. And with the price of a loaf of bread slowly approaching a day's wages, it's important to save where you can. That's why the Better Insurance Agency is here to help with options for home, auto, life, and small business insurance. Visit us online at www.thebetterquote.com or call us at 540-200-8646 today to see about switching to a better insurance company. Currently available only in Virginia and Tennessee. Please note that if you're listening to this commercial after the rapture has taken place, the Better Insurance Agency is probably closed. This is Derek Gilbert, and you're listening to The Dig Bible Podcast. We should read our Bible as men digging for buried treasure. The Bible is the world's most popular enigma. Its secrets lost to cultures beneath the sands of time. Or is it? It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. God wants you to seek, to read his word, to to look for that knowledge. He wants you to do that. And the people at Nicaea, they like chopped out 80 books of the Bible. We need to bring those back. There's more bad guys in this thing than a Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Let's back it up here. I, I love the intro to your show because it's exactly right. There's these nuggets of gold in his word. You guys always sign the show. You, you gotta dig it. Dig it. Show us your nuggets. God, our creator, lies outside of time and space and matter. I feel like God's be like, hello, McFly. You ain't got it so far, then. There are secret societies think that they are the descendants of the giant. I mean, isn't it, is it this exciting? I mean, you read it, it's like, wow. Nephrology round table. But these angels were taken to help immediately. Do not pass gold, do not collect $200. You're out of the game. Dirty hands means clean theology. Can you dig it? Thanks for tuning back in because we're back. Yes, we are. We're down, we're down Justin today. I tell you. Saw you long distance pals. Thanks for listening. You had to sneak it in on me. I did. Well, it's been tough lately. We've had a lot of a lot of little road bumps and things come in with work and other things that have happened, and we're just uh, doing the absolute best we can to to just keep pouring us in and and not let those obstacles um, stop know, us stop us at all. So uh, today we're we're gonna further on the axe. Uh, Bible study a little bit. We're but, gonna um, finish it up. We're gonna finish it up. We'll give you the 
a little insight into 27, 28, kind of what we see in there. And then uh, maybe a little bit of just kind of our thoughts about the book of Acts and things of that nature. But uh, before we get started, Ben, you want to start us in prayer? Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this rain that we need for all of our gardens that have them. Lord, uh, please give us discernment. Please let the words that we speak as we talk about your your word reach who it needs to reach, Lord. And please let us say what we need to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Couldn't agree more. So I missed the last one. Well, so the way this kind of worked, the last one that uh, I did was, I want to say it was 21 through 23. Mm. Then Justin did 24 through 26. And now we're finishing up okay. with 27 and 28. So, um, gotcha, gotcha. And some of this ties together. We'll kind of throw some of this stuff back in uh, a little bit as we're going along. But um, uh, Acts 27 uh, talks about Paul sailing for Rome. And he's he's been arrested. Mm-hmm. And so he's... Uh, appealed to Caesar. Right. Yeah, he's appealed to Caesar because he's kind of not getting... He's kind of getting the the runaround <laughs> where he's at. So uh, he he had they ship him off to Rome on a on a ship, and then um, they get to I guess a stopping point in Julius. I'm a, I'm assuming that's probably the uh, the what they call him. He was the Roman soldier officer that was in charge right. of Paul at that time. The they have a name. Centurion, I believe, is what the the leader would be. But anyhow, so I guess Paul was in his good graces because he let him go to shore, and he he met with some people, and and uh, then when he they got back on the ship, it was it was I guess in that area, it was kind of getting more towards bad weather. But anyways, um. So Paul kind of went to him and was like, hey, guys, you know, it's going to get rough. You know, we might want to wait a little bit. Well, obviously, Paul being a captive, they more than likely obviously didn't listen to him. And so they uh, headed back to sea, and then they had a hard time getting to Rome because of the seas. Uh, It was getting really rough, and it even mentioned like hurricane-style storm, and they were in it for a while. And uh, over two weeks, yeah, and then they uh, they got to where they couldn't sail, so they said they it was so bad they could hardly secure the lifeboats. So I'm not, I wasn't in the navy, but I'm sure if you can't even you know stay stand up on a ship getting tossed around, if anybody's watched that crab fishing show, I, I guess it can get pretty. <laughs> pretty rough out there Deadliest so catch yeah um and it, it kind of got so bad i guess the ship getting beat up sounds like because they were throwing everything overboard mm-hmm. so you know to kind of keep the ship from sinking and then they they kind of run out i think they still had the grain because it talks later about they ate some grain and then threw it overboard also but they they run out of food it says and then uh I guess after a little storm 
passes a little bit. Paul Paul pretty much says, "Hey guys, you should listen to what I had to say." But I urge you guys to keep up with your cur- you know, keep up your courage. He said an angel talked to him, and the angel said that he would only pretty much destroy the ship, but nobody would die. Mm-hmm. And uh and the angel also told Paul that he had, you know, his mission was to stand trial in Rome. And then uh, they found a beach that they could beat, uh, beach their ship or whatever, you know, run their ship to ground. But they got stuck before they got to where they wanted to run their ship to ground on a sandbar. And it says, then the soldiers planned to kill all the prisoners. But the centurion, which I'm assuming is probably this Julius guy, stopped them. And then they, they all made it to shore. He said, you know, the ones who can swim, swim. The ones who can't use parts of the boat. Mm-hmm. And and it went on in more detail of how the boat was. But it was pretty beat up. But at the same time, they might have been out of food because they're, they're there now. And then chapter 28, it says they're, they're eating. So they probably stocked up on food while they're at that on this island. Well, or... Wherever they landed, it even said the people on the island. It's Malta, the the land that the the island they land on. But they, the people there, it said were um, hospitable and actually started a fire for them on the shore. Right. So they would have, I'm sure, fed them things of that nature at the time. But I think it's really interesting when you talk about this whole Paul sails for Rome. If you go way back to 23. And uh, Acts twenty three eleven says the following night the Lord stood by him and said take courage for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem so you must testify also in Rome, so this is foretold to him a while back right so right. he knows ultimately he has to end in Rome this is what's going to happen so even when these other um, uh, these all these things happen when he appeals to Caesar all these different things even the even um, it wasn't uh, it was King Agrippa. I think it was. It said that we could have let him go if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. He hasn't done anything wrong. But Paul still knows he has to get to Rome because that's what God's told him. Right. So he's still listening to God. Right. And that could have been why he said, I have to go to Caesar mm-hmm. and appeal my appeal my case. So you were talking about the storm. Um, I think that that. They, you know, they all believe, like you said, they all thought they were going to die. I think it's pretty interesting. And and I kind of, I'm kind of curious if was, I mean, it doesn't really say, but I wonder if he was bold like David was. He said, and I just, just kind of left, left field here. Cause it's like David and Goliath. David knew he wasn't king yet. So Goliath couldn't kill him. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if Paul, cause you know, Paul was, you know, a Pharisee pretty much that, turn to Christ mm-hmm. I'm wondering if he kind of had a little courage like that that said the angel of God told me that I have to go to Rome and I'm not to Rome yet yep so I wonder if he kept his cool while everybody else was in chaos I mean because you gotta think he, he's 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 a prisoner like everybody else yes he's not nothing special to them guards or in the soldiers and such there had to I think there had to been uh, outstanding character from him for them to even attempt to listen to him. So to that point, 
uh, when you're in Acts 27, verse 30, and you were talking about this with the lifeboats, it says, and the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's right. uh, boat into the sea to, under the pretense of laying out acres from the bow. Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let them go. So let the boats go. Yeah. So, well, the let the boat. So the, the yeah. So let the boat go. Yeah, because they, they didn't climb down into the boats because they weren't allowed to leave the ship. Exactly. So they but, just cut the, the boats free. But the important part of that is that they listened at this point when right. Paul had told them in the beginning and what you said, well, you should have listened to me. Yeah. And now, guess what? They're listening to him. And 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 to beat that, this just came to my mind that those were their lifeboats and they just cut them loose. Their ships beat all to pieces. Mm-hmm. But they let their life raft float away. So what does that tell you? I mean, that, you know, that wouldn't be a normal. No. We're sinking. I'll just throw the lifeboats out. <laughs> no, they, they believed what Paul was saying after that. They must have seen the, something. Well, they, they if they're seeing, like you said, the boldness, the courage of Paul, yeah. like they, you know, if it's, a strong leader, people feed off of that. Right. And yeah. <clears throat> It's just he had. I think he had to ha- stand, you know, like we're saying with with the courage to even for them to even think about listening to him. Yeah. Well, and so going back to that same courage thing, if you go back further in there, when when the angel was talking to Paul, it stated that God in His goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So not only that, He knew everybody would live if they listened to Him. So and and he also said, Paul, you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Right. But so at the end, when it happens, the ship wrecks, and it said there was over two hundred people on that boat. It had an exact number, two hundred seventy six. Two hundred seventy six, and every one of them survived ashore. Right. So at this point, these guys got to kind of be like, uh, that's man. a lot. That's a big number for to going through something like they went through. Also, and they're talking about to not that, lose somebody and people that couldn't swim that just yeah, had to float right. on board. Like, if the if we're in typhoon type conditions, if you've ever watched Jim Cantore on the Weather Channel yeah. when he's down there in a hurricane's coming through Florida or something like this, you see. Uh, think about just even flo- have your little. You know, life jacket on floating around out in that. Just watch Twister. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's a great movie, though. I loved Bill Paxton. Right. It's, yeah. Was, and and they, I think it says they even like dropped all four anchors to anchor the ship before they during the storm, and then when it passed, they'd seen somewhere that they could get to. So ultimately, they make it to shore. They're saved. Right. Right, but for now. For now. But then on to on to twenty eight. So they they landed on Malta, started a fire, and this is where a viper come out of like the fire, it's saying. Cause the fi- well the fire drove it out. Well he's it say he was picking up a bunch of small sticks and a and a thing. And went to him. throw it yeah, went to throw it into the fire because it said the heat kind of pushed if i'm remembering that right i didn't see that i was reading this the boys just got home and i was kidding 
Let's see where we're at here. It should be in the um, first paragraph of 20. Here is. Uh, we'll read this anyway because this is. I think this has got a lot of good stuff in it. it. Says the native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and it was cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened to his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. However, he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But when they waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Lowercase g, God. <laughs> you were waiting for that one. I was. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. It says the, the heat drove it out. So he maybe he's picking all these sticks up, and he accidentally picked up a big bundle that had a snake inside. Probably. And, threw it in there. and then when I he mean, threw it in there, it come out. But um, but that's pretty crazy when you think. And, and, Paul, I think this goes back to what you said about the boldness, right? That yeah. Paul gets bit by a snake. He picks up. It's hanging oh, there. They see it hanging there. He's like, well, that hurt a little bit, but he shakes it off. And everybody, you know, he goes about his business. Everybody's just waiting. Yeah. But he, he already knows it's, he's not going to die. Like, that's what you were talking yeah. about with David. He yeah. knows he's, has, he's, he's got to go yet. to Rome. Yeah, exactly. Well, so I think that's just faith, you know. Publius, Pub, Publius. How would you say that guy's name? Publius. But, yep. <laughs> that's good enough for me. Good enough for me. <laughs> A chief official welcomed them into their home, which is on the on the island. His father was sick. I believe that's on the island. Is that on the that's island? on the island. Yeah. Uh, welcomed them into, into their home, and the guy's father was sick. And after, I think he was there for, what, three days? And then after he said like a prayer, Paul said to his, or Paul laid his hands on him, and his father was was healed. Then, as the town heard, the rest of of the village came and brought all their sick, and they all were, you know, they ended up all being cured from their illnesses. So important jumping back a little bit again. I, I, Let's back it up here. Back it up a little bit, but the you ain't been saying that a lot. I apologize. That's your catchphrase, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. But they, uh, you know, when they said that they, they, that they saw that they thought he was a god. You know, this isn't the first time they thought at one point earlier in this that uh, he was actually Hermes along with um, right with Zeus and I think it was Barnabas. They thought was Barnabas Zeus. was Zeus, yeah. And and uh, they thought Paul was Hermes because of how good of a speaker he was and things of this nature. So you see that people relate this supernatural thing the the first of all so quick and survive well and i think that shows you how people viewed the world at that time there was such a supernatural component that you know people saw these things they saw miraculous things that were both evil and good when you see these miracles that paul's doing but they fall right in and they automatically are assuming it's you know one of their gods or a god and and it's always you know, uh, uh, they try to associate it, you know, with, you know, like the Greek gods, like they did with Zeus and uh, with Hermes. But um, 
You talked about uh, how he... He cured the father, or healed the father, then the rest of the town come back. And on the... I look at it kind of like this also. They were all searching for something. Is that what they say, that God-spaced hole in your heart that you're trying to fill with all this junk? Yeah. It's like they, they all were... Oh, it might be this God. It might be that God. Kind of the... Mm-hmm. But anyhow, then they... Uh, sailed off again after I think they it says they weathered the winter months then they sailed off they came and they finally they stopped different places and they finally made it to Rome many of the people came from far when they heard that Paul was coming and Paul thanked God for the the people coming and the encouragement of you know of them coming to to see him and whatnot. And then uh, once in Rome, Paul was able to live by himself with a guard. And that's also something that I find kind of intriguing. Was it his status of who Paul was? Or was it almost kind of the reputation that he bestowed upon himself of the adventure there? Like, okay, this guy, he's he's not going to run away. He don't need to be in a jail cell. Mm-hmm. Let's. He he saved everybody. He kind of you know. He's kept everybody level. calm. Let's kind of give him a little bit special treatment. I, I think. I, I mean, think, I don't know. It's no, just. I think you're right because if you go back and you th- and you look at um, back in uh, between twenty one. 22, 23, all the way to like chapter 26, I want to say, Paul, over and over again, he uses his testimony to say, this is what, you know, this is what happened to me. Jesus did this, and, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do, and, and you know, he stopped me in the road, and, and blinding light, he blinded me, you know, like my sight came back. He gives his whole testimony about how he found God. About how he talked to I'm Jesus. I'm sure he did it everywhere. He, yes. Yeah. So he did it. It shows over and over again. It shows at least four times, five times in that little stretch where he says it over and over again. And then you got to think that. So everywhere he's going, and it might not say it specifically in this, and, I, but the, and I'm, I'm not trying to add anything to the Bible, but you got to think that Paul's whole mission is to spread the gospel. He's sitting there on this ship. They're on this ship for, I mean, a long time on these other ships. They've jumped from ship to ship to ship to get where they're going. Yeah. To get where they're going. But uh, you got to talk to all the different crews. Yes. Talking to everybody. Yeah. He's telling this is, and he's saying, you know, the angel told me I need to go speak in Rome. So when he gets there, like the whole point, they got to think like he's going to talk to Caesar. This is a dumb guy. Like either he's an idiot or, he or really, he's somebody or he's, or God's telling him yeah. what to do. So they know he's not going to run away because he's already, He's witness to them. He's showing them these things. They see his faith. They see what he did on those ships right. where he saved every, Well, he told everybody God saved them, but how they would be saved. He, I mean, he was right there. And when they finally listened to him, things worked out. So, um, I think that that's a really good point though, the way that you bring that up, because I think, I think they did. They, they knew Paul, first of all, wasn't going to run away. And I would think, that at that time, well, he had the guard, but yeah. But I, but I think at that time, I do believe that they had. He wasn't a flight risk. He, went, <laughs> he wasn't a flight risk, but I think he was on enough lists. Yeah. That um that 
he had some a little bit of clout. People knew who he was. Right. So um, he couldn't hide. He could more than I, likely if he did run. But I just think people knew who he was. Yeah. To some well, degree. Well, once in Rome, he was able to live by himself with a guard. Um, he called the Jewish leaders and told them how how he came to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. I just didn't jot down everything, but he kind of. You know, in Jerusalem, this and that, and they they had him arrested. The the Romans found no fault, and so he's coming here to plead his case. And the Jewish leaders said that they haven't even heard of news about him. Like, it was all new to them, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then he said, haven't heard the news, and... And they asked him to tell, pretty much, to tell tell us your story, tell us why your you know your your views on subjects and stuff like that. And then it says, so so Paul talked about Jesus and tried to get them to understand. You know, he talked about like like he always did before mm-hmm. with Jewish people. He brought up all the old books, expl- trying to trying to get them to see. That it was all pointing to Jesus, yes. as as we see now, and um, it says, and they he stayed there for two years, and proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about Christ to all that would come and and see him, visit him. So I mean, he might even let them out on the streets and let them preach. I don't know, but what, but the part is, you they, see, you know, everybody says he was under house arrest. My name's Nick. I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys, and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee. Inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed, we wanted to craft a bold, clean, and smooth coffee. So we did. And we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends. Lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now. From the farm to your coffee cup, there's nothing like a good, well-crafted, and bold cup of coffee. No matter what time of the day, it's there to pick you up, motivate you, and relax you. We hope you enjoy our coffee. Be bold, be humble, be Kevlar. And you can find Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com. And for listeners of the Dig Bible Podcast, use the code, all caps, DIG20, whenever you're checking out to get a 20% off discount. Enjoy. But what it says when he says, um, when he's telling him all that stuff and... He it says that they disagreed among themselves. Some agreed. Some yeah, didn't some agree. agreed. I mean, just like everywhere else. Yeah. But he says, he it says that disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. He said, "The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through the prophet Isaiah, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear but never understand. You will indeed see but never perceive.'" For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears 
they can barely hear, and with their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. It's, he's right there in front of the... Like, Paul is so brazen and so passionate about his belief. He has no problem saying, you guys are wrong. Here, oh, look yeah. at this is look at God's telling us right here that you aren't going to listen. I'm here. You're not going to listen to what I have to say. The people are going to turn away. The people that their their hearts are closed, their eyes are closed. Right. They can't see. And, and it's the same like Jesus telling the disciples, "Hey, go to these towns, and if they don't want to hear it, just brush it off. Go to the next one." Yeah. And and what what I find interesting is who Paul was. So Paul obviously was Saul. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in at, at the end. So that'll be my finishing up one one last phrase here for the end of Acts. I mean, this is not the last verse, but I think after he quotes that part of Isaiah, a really important thing that he says here, and it really applies to us, is therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. Wow. How it's kind of like up. a smack. It, it is. It's, it's exactly Yeah, it's it like, is. hey, they'll listen, and they're supposed to be heathens. But if you look yeah. back through all of Acts, and this is, this is where it's so important, and we're going to get into a couple things here, but this is where it's so important because throughout Acts, we're seeing Paul called to the Gentiles. Yeah. Right? And, and, and he's called the apostle to the Gentiles. And he goes out, and that's what God had, had basically um, commissioned him to go to the Gentiles, to go to the towns, to go to the ends of the earth, right? So he's out, and he's, he's going and, and witnessing to all these people. And you're seeing, you're seeing that the, the different things that he brought in about how— and um, in, 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 in Romans it gets really— there's there's a lot more in Romans that kind of go along this line, but it talks about that because the Jews neglected God's word, that the Gentiles were then given that to make the Jews jealous. It's actually it's there. God loves his chosen people so much, the Jewish people. He really does. And there's I have a lot of theories and a lot of different things. Well, I guess I'm glad that they were so stubborn. <laughs> well, this is the thing. We can sit there and say, if you look at it from the face value when it says that, that you know this was given to the Gentiles because the Jews wouldn't listen, I truly believe, I mean, and obviously, but God knew this was how things were going to shake out. God always knows. Oh, yeah. So he knew this was going to shake out this way. This is always the plan is that the Gentiles are going to be there. Um, it, when he we just can, used it to make him jealous. He did, but he did. But I mean, I think that's, there's always more than one, it's you know, like, yeah, it's like a double edged sword, but there's always more than one way of looking at something. There's always one more than one way to interpret something. And I think when God works, he can move one chess piece and, you know, 375 moves all happen at once and and it's affecting you know it's that whole idea of the butterfly effect where you do one thing over here and it changes here 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 right. here here and god does that in the most intricate ways that for us reading back in the bible we can see some of these things where you know at the time they couldn't at the time they didn't understand like i we talked about it with the first pentecost when we go back to the beginning of acts that all those those um 
lost tribes of Israel that had been spread out all over the world after Assyria had gone and conquered uh, basically northern Israel. They'd all been spread out all over the world. So what happens is the Jews would still come back from all those places all over the world to celebrate the big festivals like Passover, like Pentecost. They're coming back, right? So they come in and the um, they come into to Jerusalem at the time that the Holy Spirit's given. And then all they're preaching and they're preaching in all these different people's languages and they all understand. And then what do they do? God brought all those people together. What do they do? They so all they go out go back home and they yeah. go out to every, all over the world. Right. So that's like the first push of the whole great commission right there. Right. And not first push, but because you, you see it with. The, yeah, you know, we understand. Apostles, yeah, but that's everybody. So you see that. I think that's just such a cool way of of it's a shotgun blast. It was. It, it, I mean, that's how I see it yeah. in my head. Is it? It's just a spread everywhere, and it 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 reached it, it just it reached so many people so fast, and that's why you look at this. When we read all of Acts, you saw everywhere Paul went, he met with believers. He met with believers. Some of those, I believe, that he met on some of his earlier, um, you know, earlier uh, uh, mi- mission trips, or say Paul's, you know, right. voyages that yeah. he went on because all his different mission trips. But when but, you know, by the fourth one, yeah, maybe that's true. But on the first one, when he's meeting people, that message had already gotten out. I mean, and it's it's hard. It's one of those things when you have something like this in your hand, you know, and I use that metaphorically. But when you have something like this in your hand, your salvation, look at what Jesus did. Paul's like, I got I got to tell everybody. But he gets out there and he sees that all these other people are already on fire for God, too. And they're spreading it. We're hearing Paul's story, but this stuff's going on behind the scenes, too. This is getting spread all over the world already. So it's just so cool to see how that just keeps exploding. And you see how fast this runs because the tr- they have the truth. That's just so cool. But you were saying, go ahead. We're, we're, we're kind of doing our summation. Our, uh, um, yeah, okay. So, so what I think is, especially with... Paul talking to the Jews, right? So obviously Paul is a Jew. Mm-hmm. Paul was Saul who persecuted the Christians. Mm-hmm. He knew all this stuff inside and out, the Old Testament stuff. So his being able to discuss and to to traverse the conversation would be, I would think, would be like the best preacher you've ever heard. Yes. Because this was his whole life study. You know, it wasn't like, you know, a preacher preaches on Sundays, does a little thing, and, and he's working at Walmart or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. having another job. This was all Paul did. This was his whole world, pretty much. And then for him, you know he had good good points. Mm-hmm. You know, you know he was drilled them hard. And it was it goes back to that look, if you ain't got hear ears to hear and eyes to see, I can't do nothing for you, buddy. That's that's your problem now. Mm-hmm. You've I've told you about it. And I just think it's it's wild how, you know, it wasn't a disciple who was a fisherman. You know, obviously they did their works too, but they were a fisherman by trade. They had, what, three years with Jesus? 
and they did all their wonders, but where Paul had so much education in this, like going to the Pharisees, mm-hmm. he had ammo. He had an arsenal full of ammo. Yeah. You know, so I just thought that was like just how even today you can talk to your buddies and they're like, you're crazy. There ain't nothing. You're whatever. That's just some made up stuff. They just, you know. But I think I think you bring up probably one of the biggest teaching points in Acts that I think, because I, I really, I, I look at Acts as like the the guide to how we should, you know, live as Christians. This is the, the point is, you know, we're supposed to go out. We're supposed to reach these people. We're supposed to do everything we can in our power to, to we always say it, but, you know, populate heaven and empty out hell. But if you look and you just said it in the best way that I, I, I probably couldn't have said, but the, the way that Paul is this, you know, he's this Pharisee with this knowledge and he has this background so versed in. He in, had both. He's on both sides of the field. He is. But then you talked about Peter, you know, being a fisherman. Yeah. Right. And, and, and on that same person, God said he, that was going to be the rock at which he built his church. So you see that. God took people from, and you go back to the disciples, and we walk all the way through the Gospels, and at some point maybe we'll do that, but walk through the Gospels, and you look at how different the disciples were and what what their backgrounds were and where they came from when you got guys like um, um, like Matthew being a tax collector. Oh, like, you know, if you watch they Chosen. They hated them. Well, and that's the thing. If you watch yeah. Chosen, I think they, they probably make that a pretty good um how that relationship would have initially gone because that they did not, I mean, that, that was a traitor to the Jews. Oh yeah. It wasn't that he was not only a tax collector, he was working for the Romans as a Jew. Yeah. As a Jew. So it was like, you're not, you're not just taking my money. Thanks a lot. You, you know, IRS. Yeah. But now you're working for Russia. Your IRS, your Russia's IRS taking my money. Gee, thanks a lot, trader. You know, you know, I could see or China, whichever, whatever country you want. Yeah, insert, <laughs> put, put insert, insert here. here. <laughs> and yet, you know, and this, me and my wife were talking about this, or was it in church? I can't remember. I can't remember. But it was like they didn't have time to go home. Mm-mm. Hey, honey, I'm good. No, they just. Up and left. Up and gone. Just left everything they had and was gone. Except Peter. Peter got the... I or don't know. Simon. Si- Simon. Simon Peter. Simon Peter. Yeah, he... I don't... They ch- <laughs> too many name changes. Stop changing your name. <laughs> but he... Remember, like, well, at least in the Chosen, in the it ch- predicts, see, hey, I, go home yeah, and, and tell your wife. I but don't I don't know. know. So... I guess back to the, 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 the teaching point, and exactly Ben's helped me, you know, extrapolate on how different the, the lives of all these people were. And I think that's the most important thing is that you have from the lowliest, which would have been, you know, the fishermen of the time, to tax collectors who were wealthy but hated, to, you know, you look at a Pharisee like Paul. He was, he wasn't just a fa- he was 
a well high ranking Pharisee. And, and he if was I a persecutor. Right. He was yeah. a killer and, and uh, of the of the the Jewish people and uh, of the Christian people, not the Jewish people. The, well, the Christian. Well, he might have went after. But he went after the 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 followers of Jesus. We'll put right. it that way. So we have this, and you're seeing that all these people have such a different background. And I think the biggest thing we can take out of this is that look at who God used. It was everybody from all different walks of life. If you go back through the Gospels, look at the disciples. Look at the people he interacted with. Look at that. Look at what Paul does. Paul is an apostle, not a disciple, but still an apostle means a messenger. That's all it is. So guess what? We're all apostles now that we have the good news. And guess what? We all have different people in our lives. We all have different skill sets. We all have different um, different people that we're going to come into contact with on a daily basis. And get, that that's your field. That's your job. Yeah. And you're going to be able to relate to those people because of whatever your profession is or whatever you're doing in a better way than anybody else can because that's where you are. That's where God's placed you. And those are the people you're supposed to reach. God's going to put people in your path all the time. And it does not matter. It does not matter if you are the lowliest of lowly in your own eyes or if you are the 1% at the top. In the end, you guys are the same. In the end, you're the same. And our job as Christians, whatever it is, wherever your walk of life is, it's your job to reach out, and God can use you in that capacity just like he did these other people throughout the Bible. You can be used if you let God use you to make a difference. And that's the whole, I really see that as, as the whole backbone of Acts when obviously there's so many more, there's so many more uh, uh, good messages and different things that come out of that. And we went over a ton of different things, but to me, the biggest thing, God can use you wherever you're at. If you let him. And and you're there for a reason. It's it's like I got this bouncing around in my head how to say it. So, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So. I can so, hear it. I yeah, can hear it. Yeah. So, so I, I work on heat pumps. That's that's my profession. If I walk up to Donald Trump and say, hey, Trump, you need to do this. He's like, who the heck are you? But I show up at a secretary's house. And I tell her something. Hey, you know, this happened to me, Jesus. Give her the spill, right? Oh, okay. Well, she, she's a secretary. She, she is more inclined to hear what I have to say than Donald Trump, right? Then that secretary is a secretary for a lawyer who is more inclined to the lawyer to listen to, to his secretary. Well... Donald Trump's lawyer talks to Donald Trump. He's more inclined to listen to his lawyer than his lawyer's secretary or the heat pump guy. Mm-hmm. We all, Everybody has a role to play in the position that they're in. And it might not be that you see the seed that you planted, but as one seed grows a crop, makes millions of seeds, which gets blown and you know dispersed out which in return grows another crop which makes me you know thousands of seeds how whatever how many and it just keeps going and going and going 
Yeah. So it don't matter where you're at or who you are. All you got to do is talk to the people who you're around, and, and that butterfly effect will work its way out. I, I think that's spot on. I think that's 100% right, and that's what we always say with this show is, you know, if we can reach that one person, if we can help that one person, and I don't know if this reaches one person and it helps you, I hope that you reach 10,000. You know, that's the whole point is, you know, uh, you you don't know if if someone will hear and, and, and jump all over a certain message when you're really, you know, obviously we're really just pushing – you know, the gospel of Jesus and the truth and, and the salvation we know we have because it's such an amazing gift that we were given. If we can help one person understand that and that person reaches one other person and that person reaches one other person and that person after that is the next Billy Graham. Oh, yeah. You just don't know. You never know. So and the thing is, I don't care who God puts in my path. I don't care how many different people you know are around like everybody deserves heaven as much as i do no one deserves it but everybody deserves it just as much as i do i don't care what you've done i don't care who you are we all are sinners so if i have this this and i i use it and i don't mean to cheapen it but if i have this get out of jail free card get out of hell free card because jesus did something for me and i believe in that and that's my faith and, and I know that, that God loves me and he did this amazing thing, gave his son on the cross so that I can have salvation. Why, why do why, you want to hide that? Yeah, why keep it to why yourself? Why keep it to yourself? He lets you make copies. Yeah. <laughs> you can copy that get out of hell free card. Yes, you can. And hand them out. It, as long as out. you're willing to take it. I love it. Everybody, appreciate you listening. Y'all be safe. God bless. Keep on digging. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Don't be like a county worker. Get in that hole and dig some. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our YouTube channel. See ya.